This is Envision Self-Healing Podcast, episode number 46. Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we are the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking healing into your own hands. The topic of the week this week is Five Steps to a Successful New Year's Resolution, Part 4, Have It Be Relevant. And in the question of the week, we are dealing with what is the difference between the Envision Self-Healing approach to vision improvement and the See Clearly method. We've gotten this question from a lot of people. So Richard, how's the world of self-healing been treating you this week? Well, I'm continuing on with my push to become uh, Iron Man, I guess. So not not that Iron Man, but <laughs> an Iron Man in my in my world anyway. A Iron real Man. Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been going to the gym regularly, going to my trainer, going to spin classes regularly. Mm-hmm. Although I, I think I said last time I've become this jinx to spin classes because I seem to the stereo breaks or the uh, the teacher doesn't show up or something like that. So anyway, I seem to have gotten over being the jinx. Okay, good. Um, but I've been quite sore. I mean, I'm. It's realistic to for someone who's uh, not been exercising to that level. Yeah. Uh, well, how many times a week are you exercising now? I like three times a week. Yeah. But I think even if someone was used to exercising, you're still going to feel sore. Right. Well, the interesting thing my trainer said, and this fits in with what we do considerably, is that the more it's a more holistic approach. He was saying, um, and this worked with the upper body work I did, but not with the lower body, which was if you take care of your whole body. So if you're taking in the right amounts of water, if you do the nutrition right, mm-hmm. you're going to be less sore than if you uh, didn't do that. Right. And that makes sense to me mm-hmm. to not isolate out muscle soreness from your entire um, health of your body. I, I appreciated that as opposed to saying, well, you know, you're just going to get sore. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. So, um, but I got quite sore. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly, no, not my upper body, but my lower body. Right, and, you were focusing on, and today you did spin class and then some, some TRX. TRX, yeah. Um, it's mainly my legs that have been really, really sore. So You're saying that you, you sort of hit a wall I did. You're right. Today. I did hit a wall today. Um, just exhaustion at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, the woman who inspired me to go to this was next to me, and I was completely embarrassed that <laughs> she was keep, she kept going, and I was exhausted and laying on the floor. But So did you, you, did you find it demotivating when you hit that wall? Did it encourage you to want to exercise more? You know, it wasn't demotivating. I, I mean, I could see that happening. That I could almost visualize, you know, when it happens to you, go, oh, I can see where somebody goes, I'm too old. You know, like you could say yeah, yeah. there's what like this do? period where you're going to judge that exhaustion and your mindset comes into, into play. And I could almost see if you had the mindset, well, people get old, you're not up to this. Yeah. Everybody in the room was, when I think about it, was at least 20 years younger than me. Okay. Well, maybe 15. Mm -hmm. So I was definitely the oldest person there. So it would be very easy to develop that mindset of, oh, I am not doing well in this class. I'm too old for it. I'm going to go to the senior center and take (laughs) (laughs) exercise. And go play play bowls. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
maybe uh, take a waltz class or something like that. You right. know? Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. Sorry about that, folks. Um, <laughs> We're just saying that Richard is choosing the, the more, I am. Uh, vigorous spin class approach. And there's no reason. Was that uh, the oldest guy to run a marathon? Was he 99 or 100 yeah. uh, in New York? So um, if he can run a marathon, there's no reason why you should right. be able to do your spin class and your TRX. Right. I mean, there is, ah, this is a hard thing to address because there is the reality that we do age. We do have Uh things that come into play. Yeah. But the mental process of setting a limit, I could see it there as I'm laying in there on the floor panting. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I could interpret this situation as this is too much. Yeah. You know, so. The thing is, though, is you could get, especially in uh, today's world, sadly, and more so in the Western society, with the high rates of obesity, mm-hmm. you could have a 21-year-old who couldn't achieve half of what you're trying to do in a spin class. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So that that's goes to show that, you know, that aspect of it, it really isn't... At what point is it really aged? Like, if you, if you had a really fit um, 60-year-old and a really fit 21-year-old, then mm-hmm. maybe you could make those direct comparisons. Exactly, yeah. But I don't think you could make a generalization of... Some maybe in the past when um, there was a lot more manual labor and people had to be fit all the time, but I don't know whether that is necessarily the case anymore. I mean, I know when I ran my half marathon with my dad um, to raise some money for the the Royal National Institute of the Blind and mm-hmm. to also prove that we could run half marathons and and all the rest of it. Um, most of the men there were like twice three times my age yeah they were hours ahead of me good i like that story (laughs) (laughs) but it's you know it really i just uh it just dawned on me then you know more people have more people are dying from obesity than they are from malnutrition now in the world Mm -hmm. and you know at what point now are we saying that really age is a limitation Mm -hmm. um only in an extreme environment yeah so, um, yeah, but it was interesting to face that moment of, do I decide that this is too much for me? Right. And it really wasn't, it, I didn't even get close to saying this is too much for me. Right. Although yeah. I couldn't continue that day. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this morning, so. Yeah. And I think what, what we discussed before, because we were talking about the war and talking about marathons and stuff. And, um, I mean, you could, you really could see it, the wall as it's a point where you run out of glycogen and energy and then your body transports over into to a, a higher energy system. And if you're not used to using that, right, then you hit this, this point, this, this, um, limitation. Yeah. So the I, more you train, the more you make your body efficient and you start avoiding the wall and it goes back and back and back. And it does seem like at some point it's a mental, um, I guess in my life, I haven't challenged that uh, the point where oxygenation isn't quite enough. Okay. I've backed away from that. Mm. And that, I think, is mental or it's not quite mental. It's almost like spiritual or something. It's like or just experience okay. with dealing with that. I guess that's the wall, the oxygenation wall, let's call it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably also, it's not just that. I mean, I'm, I'm quoting there, it's probably about five, ten years ago, the last time I studied that. Uh-huh. So I'm sure there's a lot more to it. But also, you know, the body's ability to deal with lactic acid. Right. Um, taking in enough oxygen, uh, the heart being able to pump enough blood. And, and all of that improves over mm-hmm. time. 
Right. There is your your limit, which is why we're doing this um, setting a you know a realistic goal. Um, right. And last week we talked about it being attainable because there are limits right. um, to what we can do at that point in time. It doesn't mean that eventually down the road you might not reach that goal. Um, and I think somebody that respects the fact that you are going to hit those walls, mm-hmm. but the more, the longer you do it, the better you're going to improve and the better off for it you're going to be, then I think you're more likely to stay at it. No, it's, it was an interesting, and actually, I thank you for pointing out that experience because I kind of skipped over the fact that I didn't jump to that conclusion and it actually okay. feels kind of good that I didn't. Yeah. So, good. yeah. So how was your week? Good. Uh, I said last week I spent uh, the week trying to focus on obstruction, and mm-hmm. um, I'm obstructed again this week. Uh, and I spent a good large percentage of my time obstructing my stronger eye. And um, I've noticed before I would obstruct the eye, as soon as I took the glasses off, maybe a couple of minutes, I would start feeling a bit of strain in my right eye right. as it takes over again. I've noticed now towards the end of this week that when I, I'm so I'm getting so used to using the weaker eye now um, that when I take the glasses off, I feel like I need almost to do some convergence exercises. Like it's so engaged ah, that, yeah, that yeah. I need to now work to, to fuse, fuse. that single image and, and have it equal. It's, ah. it's fascinating. I've not, um, I've not really spent much time with it. That's only been in the last few days have I observed that feeling that that i i've hit this point before i've hit this exact okay. point before i've never discussed it with you but now that you say that it's all coming back that as i took off the glasses again my left eye would engage mm-hmm. and it's like your left eye it's it's not as good an eye it's mm-hmm. got its problems and there'd be a point but there'd be a point where like wow they're both really equal and they're working together and and then you want to do that. You want to do some sort of fusion exercise at that point. Yeah. Yeah, it's more of a... I wouldn't say it's necessarily an improvement in acuity. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't... I think that's pretty unachievable with the cataracts and the... Could be, yeah. And the... Um, the pseudomacular hole. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but certainly the feeling, it was, it was yeah. like uh, my left eye was all of a sudden... Part of the game, I guess, being a, a, a PE teacher, a physical education teacher, I could think of maybe a kid that's been left on the sidelines for a couple of games, yeah. and then all of a sudden, <laughs> the fat le- kids on the bench. Oh, sorry, fat kids. Sorry. <laughs> and then, um, well, not necessarily fat. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm sorry. I just I went there. <laughs> the, the ability wasn't as good. Yeah, um, yeah. But I feel like um, I'm, you know, that a kid's allowed to join back in the game again and yeah. is is involved right. all of a sudden and. So that that weaker eye is is feeling more engaged, um, and it feels like it's it's part. Yeah, and if you let the the kid on the bench play for a while, you know, then he becomes equal to the other people yeah. on the bench. Yeah. So I've started to instead of seeing it as maybe one good eye and then one bad eye, maybe the the better eye is now trying to coach the weaker eye yeah. into uh, maybe being in par, and, and maybe it might never be there. But at least it's equal and it means the right eye is rested uh-huh. a lot more. And I have noticed um, an improvement in my periphery since I've engaged that left eye. It's, it's like I've gained, um, well, I've gained the periphery in that yeah. eye that my brain is normally using my stronger eye and only the peripheral vision in that stronger eye. Right. I'm not choosing it. Right. So now 
And what's so good is I don't have, uh, other than the RP that's in both eyes, I don't have the cataracts in my periphery and I don't have the pseudomacular hole in my periphery. Right. So in theory, my two peripheries are pretty equal. Mm-hmm. But I've not been using it because my brain has been switching off sure. that weaker eye because yep. of the, the left vision. Well, and that, I think we've talked about this before. If you have any defects, it, it's a weird phenomenon that the brain will quickly turn off something that has a, a moderate defect. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be like severe. Yeah. So that's what you're dealing with. Just if your central vision is compromised, the brain mm-hmm. isn't sophisticated enough to go... Well, I'm only turning off the central vision. It turns off the entire <laughs> yeah. eye. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could just imagine over time, it's it gets a weaker and weaker signal. Right. Um, and then just, just less information is being processed by mm. the brain, by that part of the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, I, did, I did notice that um, because what I do is when I use my non-dominant eye, I blow up the screen right. so I'm, uh, or my weaker eye so that I'm able to see it better and actually function. And even the fact that I'm able to do that is actually an achievement, mm-hmm. uh, I feel. And I noticed that if I then um, uncover the, the stronger eye and use the screen as it is, yeah. then the two eyes are sort of working together a lot more. Huh. But as soon as I shrink the text beyond the point that the weaker eye wow. can function equally, then my stronger eye takes over Interesting. straight away because I, can't, I physically can't see that text with my weaker eye interesting um so i think that would ah. it certainly argues to not be using the computer and and that when i'm out and about um it's a lot more equal because i'm not trying to read tiny right. text right on a screen i'm looking at a tree which both eyes are seeing equally right whereas if i'm looking at text then there's there's even bigger conflict right between the two eyes so anyway i've been been playing with that this week and uh, some interesting observations so i'm going to do it again or last week i hit that point as i normally do with the exercises where i'm like i can't believe i've not been doing this all along like how could i ever oh, yeah. have not been obstructing um as much time as what i do and been putting my stronger eye under so much strain it almost seems criminal that i would do that mm-hmm. to my own vision uh, but there you go. I'd rather figure it out now than uh, yeah. than a couple more years down the line. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see um, how it goes. It, it, it can be frustrating. It, it can also bring up a lot of uh, difficult emotion, emotions. Yeah. Um, I'm slower working because I can't. It takes me longer to read an article or to write an email. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's not um, it's not easy by all means, but uh, I feel like I'm progressing mm-hmm. with it and I'll, I'll see how we are next week. It's kind of like your visual wall you're sort of hitting. It is, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely exactly the same as, yeah. as what you're achieving. And, and, and then when you can take the glasses off, you could see it. You could be like, wow, my, the vision in my right is so much better. Why would I even try and use <laughs> right. my weaker eye? Um, let's just stay with what is good yeah. um, and not push myself. I guess the same as you could have just gone to a less and an easier exercise class. Right. And or you could go to a class that's got, um, you know, elderly seniors in it. Right. And in that point, you would be like a hero. You'd be like, wow, look <laughs> at me. You'd be like, let's keep going, guys. What do you yeah. mean you're going to quit? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, interesting. Yeah. Good. So I think that's a good time to move on to topic of the week. And the topic of the week this week is 
Five Steps to a Successful New Year's Resolution, Part 4, Is It Relevant? So over the weeks here, we've been uh, using the SMART approach to obtaining uh, a goal and, and setting yourself a goal. And uh, this week, we're looking at whether it's realistic or not. So a good example would be... Relevant just, or not, sorry. Sorry, relevant. Yes. Um, and um, so a good example of that would be, I guess, what you're trying to achieve. So for me... I'm looking to improve my peripheral vision. Right. So it would make sense that my goal would be relevant to that. Right. But you've, in some ways, are picking a sort of... It's not really a side goal. It's a, subs, it's a supportive goal. Mm-hmm. So for you, the eye strain on your right eye... Well, in some ways, it's really relevant because you are having strain and pain and tiredness mm-hmm. by not obstructing your... Uh, left eye, uh, your right eye, and using your left eye. So it was really relevant, whereas the RP is definitely relevant, obviously. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, it has a longer horizon or timeline, and you are dealing with it as well. Mm-hmm. So I can see how this particular goal for you is extremely relevant, because if you didn't address it, you'd be dealing with more strain, tiredness. You almost couldn't do your job. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I think in in the beginning we said that um, the goal I was using as as an example overall was to do an hour and a half um, that's of eye exercises right a day, and and that um, goal is relevant because you know it's I've not said um, six hours of eye exercise. I guess mm-hmm. that's more the attainable, the attainable yeah. side of things, but um, it's relevant <laughs> to. You know my life, what it is right. that I'm actually trying to do. Well, and, and for you, you have a genetic degenerative disease. Mm-hmm. So an hour and a half, we were talking this morning, may not even be quite enough. But mm-hmm. as a goal anyway, is super relevant to your life. Whereas mm-hmm. someone, say, has, uh, let's see, what could it be? Presbyopia. Mm-hmm. An hour. It's to set a goal of, I have to do an hour and a half a day. And half of that's going to be peripheral work. It's not relevant to them. Yeah. So it's gone into you choosing your goal and how you're going to attain those goals too. So. Yeah. And I guess from a from a fitness standpoint, it always seems a bit easier to use the analogy. If someone's training for um, cycling, as mm-hmm. we were talking uh, before, to do a, a cycling yeah. race, the Tour de France, then they wouldn't uh, run the streets right. every day. Um, you know, it needs to be relevant. They need to get on a bike and actually train in doing that. Right. And my goal of becoming aerobically fit, uh, and in fact, that that's it's even a little bit of a niche for me. Like aerobically fit really is my goal, not, you know, weight loss or any of those aspects of the uh the spin class and things like that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Really is totally it doesn't sound relevant at the beginning from the outside, but from my perspective, getting the circulation better to my eyes is as relevant as I could get in terms of optic atrophy. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I certainly um, took heed of that. Actually, what you said, and, and I actually went for my first run of the year um, on Sunday, and uh, the, the week just gone, and, and couldn't walk for about two days afterwards. <laughs> um, but I certainly. You know, the idea that exercising is actually, you know, an eye exercise. Yeah. Uh, and I know that the more blood I can get to my retina, then, the, you know, the, the stronger it's going to be and the, the healthier my retina is going to be. It's just common sense. Yes. So, you know, running 
for myself uh, is also uh, relevant to trying to improve right. my condition. Yeah, and I think yeah, a lot of eye conditions have to do with blood circulation. They a lot of eye conditions they actually don't know exactly what causes them, mm-hmm. but blood circulation is certainly part of most of them. Yeah, so, um, and it just happens to be optic atrophy is it's very relevant to that, but mm-hmm. it's really relevant to a lot of them. So. So just uh, ask yourself uh, the eye exercises that you're doing. Um, you know, are they relevant to what it is that you're trying to achieve, or is your goal relevant? And of course, um, as you could just hear with Richard and I's goals, it's not just about you know setting this goal for eye exercises. Um, I know for a lot of new clients, uh, we look at maybe doing. 40 minutes a day or at least just trying to do the program or doing the exercises, um, you know, no matter how length of time, just trying them that day, mm-hmm. um, but do it for a full week. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's relevant to, I guess, their, their final goal, mm-hmm. which is to read, you know, the 2040 line or whatever it is that they're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, so by doing it, doing those exercises on a regular basis is, is obviously relevant to what they're achieving so there's certainly different ways of going about this mm-hmm. um, to find out what it is that's relevant to you and what it is that you actually want to achieve in your goal right and and I think there's to me there's two aspects of it it's like uh, the relevance relates to okay this is my condition let's say I have myopia so distance looking is the most relevant exercise to that mm-hmm. and it's got a close association since myopia in our view has been at least partially caused by looking close all the time Mm -hmm. looking in the distance is the opposite so that's that's a kind of relevance there's a connection there between the two yeah um the other relevance that part that i would say is is this goal relevant to something that would be enjoyable or desirable in my life so for someone again with myopia maybe they're you know, I really hate wearing my glasses or I'd like to only wear them when I draw, you know, mm-hmm. there's a, a something they get out of it, basically. Yeah. And for me, of course, you know, seeing clear because of blood circulation is, is something or, you know, being able to function a little better, read a little better. Those are things I get out of the goal that yeah. I enjoy that are very close to my heart to a certain mm-hmm. degree. Maybe it's, it's the relevance aspect of being close to your heart. So Yeah, like maybe if you had a uh, 16-year-old kid doing eye exercises because they want to prevent presbyopia. Um, yeah, You know, yeah, they're looking exactly. at a good 20 or 30 years before they... I mean, obviously, it's good to do it in practice to prevent it. But yeah. Probably more relevant for a, a modern-day child would be to try and avoid myopia or indeed improve their myopia mm-hmm. um so making it relevant and and close enough to you making it personal i guess yeah so that you're more likely to achieve it yeah and um and it's it's easier to get that motivation because it's always there pushing you because it's it's in plain sight excuse the pun yeah and I guess that that's where we would discourage someone. And there are people a lot like we meet some people like this that say, I want to have 20, 20 vision, you know, and I'm going to do eye exercises to get that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a bit abstract and it's like, there aren't that many people who will support that necessarily mm-hmm. around you. So you're kind of on this Island saying, I want perfect vision. And you have to come up with like, well, why do I want better vision like Mm -hmm. i want to be able to play bridge without my glasses something that 
is relevant to your personal life that gives you some motivation to go forward. Yeah. Um, I was, I was thinking it's sort of like learning a language too. And certainly there are people who, you know, it's their goal to learn Latin, right? Mm -hmm. But to a lot of people like, oh, I I live in California learning Spanish. I could actually meet people who speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you can come up with relevant reasons for learning Spanish. And then the more you use it, the more likely you are to be able to remember it and and keep proceeding with your language development. Yeah, so you get support, you get motivation, you get to use it, it, it creates enjoyment, mm-hmm. all of those things. Uh, certainly, if you learned Latin, there, you could create a scenario where that's relevant to somebody else to learn Latin. Mm. So, you know, they wanted to read Dante in, their, in the original language or something like that. So, yeah, and I guess, uh, yeah, and I suppose a lot of people, I know somebody that learned um, Japanese, Yeah, lived in the UK, you could say, well, unless this person is working for a Japanese company or is mm-hmm. living over there, why would he do it? And it was because that he did uh, I- uh, Aikido. Aikido. Yeah. So he was doing it partially. Um, he wanted to learn it so he could learn his martial arts yeah. method that much more. Deeply, so it yeah. was uh, relevant to him. Yep. Whereas for him to have learned Spanish wouldn't have been as relevant. Exactly. All right, great. Well, uh, the fourth part there then out of the the five-step method of goal setting, make your goal relevant. So we recommend now that um, to build on the specific, measurable, attainable, and now relevant. So add that to your list um, of the goal that you're trying to create there and write down some um, reasons why the goal that you've chosen why it's uh, relevant and how you can actually make it relevant to what it is that you want to achieve. Yeah. All right, great. I think that's a good time to move on to question of the week. And the question of the week this week is kind of a composite of a bunch of questions we've gotten over uh, a little more recently, actually. Mm -hmm. And it is, how is your approach different than the see clearly method? It was Mm -hmm. this very highly publicized method about 10 years ago. Yeah. So for those of us, um, I'm sure a lot of us have heard of the see clearly method. And I wasn't around in the States when uh, this came around. So Mm -hmm. I hadn't actually heard of it previously. But if you could let our audience a little bit more information into uh, what it's all about. Yeah, so I actually I was around obviously and I was seeing Mayor Schneider at the time. I had okay. been seeing him for maybe 6 or 7 years at the time that the radio commercials came out. Mm-hmm. And I was always curious how this was different and I quite honestly because I was getting success with Mayor Schneider, I I never bothered to look into it, mm-hmm. but I, it was always a curiosity of mine. And then some I guess it's 2006, it went out of business. Mm-hmm. And uh I, I at that time didn't know it was a lawsuit, what was going on, but it disappeared. Um, so I had sort of mixed feelings about it because I always felt, oh, marriage system is so good. How come this system is out there and it's so popular mm-hmm. and what mayor is doing is not as popular, not as successful? Then, of course, it all came crashing down. Mm-hmm. So um, so they did a lot more marketing, didn't they? They were, they were on all the radio stations, TV oh. stations. They had celebrity endorsements. Yes, mainly um, radio commercials, but constantly. I listened to the radio a lot at that time because I was working in a photography studio and had a lot of free airtime, so to speak. Okay. So it was on every day. Hmm. There were there was a lot of money put into radio commercials. Okay. 
And we just, we, I finally, we, when we heard these questions, we just thought, oh, we should really know what this is. So we started looking into it a little more. And it sounds like it's basically a lot of Bates exercise, simple Bates exercises. It was, it was what, four doctors? It was originally four, or one optometrist, uh, a psychologist, a physicist, I believe. Okay. And some other PhD. I don't think they were all doctors. Okay. And they invented, uh, or they wrote a book about vision improvement. Mm-hmm. And they took some from Bates. They took some positive affirmations. Um, they modified some of the Bates stuff, um, which was using a light bulb instead of the sun. Okay. Which a lot of people involved in vision improvement try to do because mm-hmm. it's candier, easier. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they reduced it down to about a 30-minute-a-day program. Right. One of the things that we both assumed from this, from the fact that they were brought down, essentially, was that they were making outlandish promises, which actually they weren't, it didn't seem like. Yeah. Yeah, I figured that they were sort of a get twenty twenty vision in two weeks kind of people. Yeah. But it actually, uh, it looks like they they never really made yeah. those claims. And they even, I think, restricted it down to only those with glasses. And if you had any other sort of condition, mm-hmm. um, then it wasn't for you. So that was interesting. But um, so I think in, in, in summary, we could say it was some, some basic uh, eye exercises. Right. Uh, but they did a, a bit of face massage. Right. Am I right in thinking that you mentioned acupuncture points? Ac- acupressure points, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, Same thing, but yeah, using your fingers. And some positive uh, affirmations looking right. at the, the psychology side of right. saying things like, I can see clearer. And, and, and so that was probably so the psychologist who was involved in the first book. That was probably his contribution was to do that. Mm-hmm. So between, I think it was sort of a multidisciplinary, let's come up with this book to improve vision. It was sort of a harmless idea that and then someone took that and tried to make it into a, a mega marketing right. phenomenon mm-hmm. and which they did yeah uh, but then they became a target to a certain degree so and um so how would you say then that our programs are different well it, part of what they were doing too was we're going to appeal to the broadest audience and give a mass formula mm-hmm. or a simple formula to a huge audience and so they had to reduce things down to a minimum. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole thing of using a light bulb in a, instead of the sun is a good example of like they compromised some things. Okay. That's my only critique of them. They made some compromises that they knew would make it more marketable and mm-hmm. easier for people to do that probably degraded the, the quality of what they were putting out. That's I, the only criticism I would have. And I think actually we should say that what happened, well, I don't, uh, I think that the, was it the, the judges of... Iowa, Iowa, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a court that shut them down, really. Okay, so they, I think they, they just decided that there wasn't enough substantial evidence, scientific proof, scientific right. proof, right? Um, that they worked, so they just shut them down. And they, they, one of the ironic things we discovered today was that there was actually a study. Comp- um, comp- they took the method, and an optometrist in Sacramento mm-hmm. did a study of twenty-one people, and. You know, only a six-week period, seven of them got significant improvements. Another 11 got moderate improvements. So that's a fairly good percentage mm-hmm. in six weeks. And then I think the, the article that we're reading, um, we won't mention their name, um, but they said that their company, um, that what they did is they had one of their staff members uh, try the, the C-Clearly, C-Clearly method. method. 
and uh, it didn't work. Didn't work. But, so the, so. And then they mentioned the fact that she was a mother and had no time to do the method, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what they were saying is that the, the previous study, you know, there wasn't enough scientific evidence, but this, this company's um, counter experiment was to get one of their staff members, probably the cleaning lady. Or right, right. To do these exercises, it didn't really do them, didn't work, so, so that exercises proves, don't work. That yeah, proves it doesn't work. work. Even we're going to ignore this study in Sacramento <laughs> is, where it did work. Which is uh, couldn't be any more unscientific uh, if they try. So, um, so as far as being different concerns, yeah. um, then we're sort of talking a lot more about here are some standard exercises, right. um, learn them, go away, adapt them to your life, see which ones work best how does it work in your situation you know if you're somebody with myopia and you work at the computer for 15 hours a day then your exercises could be different from someone right. who uh, works uh, at the top of a lighthouse and spends 15 hours a day looking out of the ocean yeah so um, there's going to be a little bit difference there we also um, the see clearly method they talk about doing some massage on the face and of course, we talk about, and, and obviously we get, get, got a lot from the Mir Schneider method of incorporating the whole body mm-hmm. into the vision. Um, good blood flow is around the whole body. It's not just massaging the eyes. Um, think of it as a whole system. And we did a whole podcast series on this, uh, understanding the holistic approach to vision improvement. So we recommend anybody um, that wants to know a bit more about that to go ahead and go back and listen to those exercises so certainly increasing blood flow to the whole body loosening the whole body up mm-hmm. uh, i would imagine that we also pay a bit more attention to the psychological yeah aspect of vision as you know 90 percent of vision is through the brain um so certainly what they were trying to do with the affirmations which is pretty genius really yeah if, if you think about it they were trying to do it on a real low level right of um of get, gaining your confidence and and because so much of you know our vision is from the brain that if you're convinced you can't see clearly in the distance, then well, you're, you're just not going to. Well, and the, the reality is with clients of ours, one of the things we're dealing with is it's not clear. It's not clear. I can't see. I can't see. This is mental block about yeah. blurriness and progress. And I think we, we did read a report about this. And I think this, the scientific argument is that no matter what you tell yourself, if you can improve the eye to see clearer then regardless to how you feel you should see, should be irrelevant. Right. Your um, brain, your mind should be irrelevant, yeah. Which just goes to show the, the scientific view that the brain is one Area. study and yeah. it is separate from the body and the body is separate and vice versa. So, um, yeah, so certainly we might go into a little bit more depth into the, the psychological yeah. aspect. And I think probably that the largest part of our specific programs in vision self-healing is that we're then looking at how to integrate those exercises right. into your daily life. Because they really, re- they wanted to appeal to a mass audience. So they said 30 minutes is probably all anyone will do. Mm-hmm. So, but they didn't take the, ex- and we take the approach, yeah, okay, we have to be realistic about the formal exercise period. Mm-hmm. But this integrative approach you're talking about means you can be do- potentially doing many hours of eye exercises if you in- integrate it into your daily life. Yeah. And that just increases the potency of what mm-hmm. we're trying to do so yeah and a good analogy is is you could always do the training uh for example you could 
cycle so you're training for a cycle race uh-huh. um you can set a bike up in your garage and you could spend a couple of hours a day cycling but that doesn't necessarily mean that when you get out on the road and you're in a race then it means that you're going to win that race yeah um you really want to try and work it into everyday examples i guess the same as a kid i used to always to do uh, keep ups in uh, mm-hmm. football or, or soccer in america um and as it proved it doesn't necessarily mean that i was good enough to to play for man united or anything just because i could do those skills in the back garden doesn't mean i could go on a field right and actually you know do the same thing and be at the same standard right so it's important that you are able to take what you're doing in the exercises for example my peripheral vision exercises with my periphery well i could uh, really activate the periphery um you know for an hour which is great but then as soon as uh, and then jump on the computer and completely switch off from my central vision right um then you it's not um you're not incorporated into your daily life you're just right. switching those cells off again mm-hmm. okay yes you may still maintain some improvements you might um but not exactly what you could achieve if I was to sit at the computer and pay attention to my periphery or right. when I'm walking to the shops, I pay attention to my periphery or when I'm talking to someone, I'm paying the, you know, it's, it's always trying to maintain it. Another good example of people when they're trying to get rid of their glasses and they take their glasses off and uh, they're sitting at a meal and they, they can't really see the person's face in front of them. It's mm-hmm. sort of a bit blurry. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of just being, oh, it's blurry, these exercises aren't working, you shift from point to point, from eye to eye to nose to ears. Mm-hmm. Um, you could maybe look over their shoulder for a little bit, a bit of distance looking, look back in the face. And there's all these things that you can do to incorporate the exercise into your daily life to help maintain and improve your vision that way. Yeah, no, and that's, it's a very good point. And so I guess we, to summarize, we, we as we were just saying, we do the integrative approach to increase really the amount of time you're doing the exercises and to, to begin to blend them into your everyday life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we include nutrition in what we're uh, about at Envision. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a more holistic approach. I, they were trying to do the acupressure on the face, so they'd made an attempt at being more holistic. Yeah. But we take that w- way further in terms of massage. Yeah. And I think we are realistic that just doing 30 minutes a day may not be the trick for everybody so yeah that it's it's enough to get somewhere but um just as we're talking about with the goals like with the attainable that we talked about last week yeah you know what is it that you need to do to get there and they didn't the other thing they didn't say but i think was implied behind all the criticism of it was you, you should get to 2020 you know that that should be everybody's goal should be 2020 okay and we we say well that for some people that's that is a realistic attainable goal and for mm-hmm. some people it isn't so yeah we have to be real about that and maybe they weren't being quite real so all right great well we hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you'd like to listen to a few more of these podcasts then you can head over to our website at envisionselfhealing.com if you're listening to this on itunes then you could always just click the subscribe button or if you're watching this on youtube then you can also subscribe on there you could also find a little bit more information at envisionselfhealing.com on uh, your own condition. Just go to the conditions tab, or if there's a specific exercise that you're interested in or you heard us talk about today, then you could head over to the exercise tab and you will find a whole list there just for you guys to, uh, to listen to, read about, and uh, practice some of the exercises and see if they're quite right for you. 
You could also uh, download our free ebook called A Modern Day Guide for Improving Eyesight, where we talk a lot more about some of the basics of eye exercises and indeed how our modern day lives are actually impeding the good vision that we could have in our normal modern day life. You can also catch up with us on uh, Facebook. Head over to our Facebook fan page, Envision Self Healing, and uh, like us over there and uh, get involved in some more of the conversations and some of the questions that we've got going over there on Facebook. And uh, you can also follow up with both Richard and I on Twitter, and uh, we enjoy updating and sending out some tips and some quotes uh, on our Twitter account to help keep everybody going with their vision improvement program. So good luck with your eye exercises this week and happy healing. And have a good week.